we think about PCOS, we also think about it as being a bit of a like continuum as well. Like mm. some symptoms are a bit more severe or take a little bit longer than others. Or some, depending on your driver, sometimes, especially when it's things like insulin resistance, sometimes you're a bit further along the continuum of insulin resistance and it might take you a little bit longer to work back towards optimal insulin. Or a, Where you'll see more symptom yeah. improval. Yeah. So I think there's two parts to it. One depends on kind of how far you're along in that continuum in your drivers, and one part is just that that symptom and how long it tends to take to see resolution. Yeah, and I think probably there's a third layer on there as well if there's anything else contributing to that. Mm. So I think could be layers there that we might need to unpick specifically. Hi, I'm Claire Goodwin, and this is the PCOS Nutritionist Podcast. I have PCOS too, and I know how hard it can be to get the help you need. So I bring together my expertise as a registered nutritionist and exercise scientist, together with other experts I trust and people with real life lived experience of PCOS to help you get the information you need to make a real difference to your symptoms. I'm super excited to announce the release of our new PCOS management app, Ovi. As someone who has PCOS, I saw firsthand how much hyper-personalized tweaks to my lifestyle had a dramatic impact on solving my PCOS symptoms. And as a registered nutritionist and exercise scientist, I saw the same effect for many of my patients. But I also saw that only seeing me once a month or even every few weeks just didn't work for most people. Changing what we eat, how we move, and sometimes the very essence of who we are, like being a perfectionist, is really tricky. And in order to see real change, we need constant support and reinforcement. And we also need tools like recipes, workouts and cheat sheets right in our pocket. So when we're in the midst of standing in the supermarket aisle, we know what to choose to help support our changes. My PCOS Protocol group program was an amazing start in helping to achieve this, but I knew we could do way better. I knew that we could get even more personalized, convenient and provide an elevated user experience for you. So this is why I created Ovi to give you your personalized PCOS pathway that's based off your symptoms and your goals right in your pocket so that you can access it at any time. And not just created by me, but by an incredible team of nutritionists, psychologists, physiotherapists, exercise physiologists, and more. So head over to our website, ovi.io, to take the questionnaire and find out what's driving your PCOS, or what I've formally referred to as your PCOS root cause. We can't wait for you to be part of the Ovi community. Hi, Emma. Hi, Claire. So today we're back talking about the most important question. When am I going to see any changes in my symptoms? Like the whole point of changing and going through the pain of like changing what I'm eating and how I move and all of that sort of stuff is like, I want to actually see change. Yeah. And we get it. Totally. We're all in the same boat. Yeah. No one wants to like the PCOS symptoms that are not things that we want to live with like they're symptoms because they're undesirable right yeah so we want to change that and we want to see change and if we're putting in lots of effort we want to reap the rewards of totally but also the whole point of making a change is that you're going to see an improvement so if it's not working then it's like okay well it's the wrong thing and let's Mm -hmm. move on so and i think that's probably why people struggle a little bit is like well how do I know that I'm on the right track? Yes. Yeah. Especially when a lot of PCOS symptoms can take a while to really see an improvement. And the things like facial and body hair growth can take quite a long time. Hair growth can take quite a long time. So it's like, how do I know that I'm on the right track? So I stick with that as opposed to giving up too early or yeah. Like when, when is it giving up too early and when is it just like, hang on, you just need to hang in there for a bit longer. Yeah. Cause I think as well, like where like our brain works on like a reward circuitry right and so like it's very easily like loses steam or loses motivation if it's not seeing anything to give it that reward for the work that it's doing so yeah we kind of want to help you understand how you can I guess earlier on see know that you're going on the right track yeah like, exactly yeah so what's the expectation so setting up for success about what is the expectation for how long it's going to take to see improvements in each of the symptoms we're going to go through uh period changes fertility weight acne hirsutism hair growth and mm-hmm. give you an approximate timeline for mm how long it takes to see changes in that. And then in the meantime, what are the other indicators that will tell you you're on the right path? 
Correct. Yeah. And so indicators, which we, in our last episode, kind of broke down what that was. Those indicators um, are symptoms of drivers. And then we talk, so that's what we, that's the language now we're going to refer to those as. So things like sugar cravings or energy levels or how you're sleeping, they're all indicators of our drivers as opposed to the symptoms of our PCOS, which are the ones that you've just listed. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, so the indicators, as you said, are what's, what's pointing us in the direction of what's driving your PCOS. And they're also the things that can change the quickest. Yeah. So when you go through the OB questionnaire, so go through, if you haven't already been through it, go through it now. And you'll get to questions about, so first up is things about your sugar cravings and your energy levels. And then it'll ask you about your sleep and how you recover from exercise and whether you wake up in the night. And then it might ask you questions about whether you get joint pain. Or asthma or allergies or things like that. Yeah. So those are what we're talking about as the indicators. And so if you answer that, yes, you get quite severe sugar cravings, then that's something that we should be able to resolve within three or four weeks, within yeah. a month, yeah. right, With after making your first changes. So those are, those are really important because they tell us a lot about what's driving your PCOS. And also they should be able to be pretty quickly resolved. And so that's what we're going to look for in terms of are we going in the right direction. Okay. So if we have been able to resolve those, great. We know that we're on the right path. And so these are the things that we really encourage you to look out for to give you. So it's not just like, okay, am I losing weight or not? It's like, yeah, okay, we'll get to that. But in first up, how are these other indicators resolving? So are you still feeling hungry all the time? Are you still craving sugar or simple carbs? So it could be things like chippies or bread or other simple carbs. Um, or are you feeling tired, especially after lunch or a high carb meal? Are you feeling tired at 3pm? Those are the things that we should be able to resolve relatively quickly. And that's what we're going to point you to looking into more. Yeah. And I think if, you know, those questions, those, those indicators that you just, um, kind of rattled off, they being indicators of insulin being a driver for you. Mm. And we've talked about it before. Jamie's podcast is a really good one to listen to. It wasn't until she had resolved her insulin and her insulin was functioning much better, was she in a position to be able to come to deal with her symptom of weight and lose weight? Because when our insulin isn't functioning well, it is essentially a brick wall for weight loss. So if our insulin isn't functioning well, we're never going to see symptom change. So we need to work on that. And that's where seeing progress in the indicators that we are on the right track with your driver then means we're kind of breaking down that brick wall to allow you to see symptom improval thereafter. Yeah. yeah. And the reason it is a brick wall is because you're, if your insulin is not functioning properly, then you're probably going to be craving sugars and simple carbs all the time. And so that's not necessarily conducive to weight loss. And so like for Janie, she was like, I was doing all of these really extreme diets, but I could never stick to them because I would always then just be craving these sugars and carbs or I'd be hungry all the time. And so, and she felt like it was her lack of self-control. And then that is also the mental aspect of like, of being able to stick to something long-term is if you don't, if you're constantly having to like drag yourself away from the vending machine at 3 p.m. because you're craving sugar but you know you're not allowed it mm-hmm. because it's not on your diet plan, then your your self-control is only going to be able to cope for so long. Like probably a matter of days or like a couple of weeks before you can't... You're given. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. And then you'll feel like a failure and then you're no longer going to um, stick to that because you're, you're not feeling great about it. So these are all why they can be a, a, like a brick wall to your actual symptom change. Yeah. So I think that really good to think about it as I'm going to work on my drivers so that in turn I can either better manage my symptoms or I can come to a place where I can solely focus on kind of optimizing that. Yeah. Absolutely. So But then there are other drivers that we talked about, things like your stress hormones. So are you waking up feeling really tired in the morning? Are you lying in bed for two hours before you can get to sleep? Are you waking between 2 and 4 a.m.? Are you feeling exhausted after exercise? Are you feeling tired at 3 p.m.? Again, these are all indicators that your stress hormones aren't working properly and things that we 
can see improvements in relatively quickly. So in these ones, I would expect to see changes within like a couple of months. Yeah. So probably not as quick as your um, insulin uh, markers. Indicators, yeah. yeah. But like a little bit longer because mm. they, they can take a bit more to... I guess that also sometimes as well is not a simple change. Mm. Like sometimes things like being able to get to bed on time isn't as easy as just going, okay, yeah, I'm going to go to bed at 10. When it's like, okay, I've got a small child. I've got to sort out, you know, as soon as we get home from work, it's like cooking dinner, getting them to bed, bath, and then I've got to get back and do some extra work at night. And I need to try and figure out a way of maybe changing my day in order to be able to get to bed earlier or not get to bed tired and wired. Yeah, rather than just changing breakfast or something. Yeah, or changing what I'm eating. Yeah, I think as well with the stress piece, when for a lot of us me included being quite like a go 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 kind of person it's really hard to like pull back entirely so you so for example this happened with me when I was trying to get on top of my stress hormones and anxiety I was like okay I'm gonna really work on reducing my exercise um but I did it so gradually because I really struggled to let go of that so I Mm. think as well when it comes to stress we think we can deal with this tolerance, but we might actually be need to be a bit more drastic with some of those changes. And I think unlike with, say, food, it's really obvious that there's three meals and a couple of snacks in a day, mm. and then we're kind of like hitting all bases, whereas stress is quite abstract and vague. It's like, yes, I can focus on my exercise, and then I can focus on my work, and then I can focus on my relationships, but then also I come back and look at my exercise and actually I'm still doing like three hit classes a week and I'm still trying to do that and maybe not listening to my body mm. and trying to push myself through them. So even though I thought I had reduced my exercise, I probably haven't done it as, enough as my body needs to see change in stress. So I think that's why we see it as well. It can take a bit longer because we can't just cut stress from our life quite immediately as Absolutely. well. Yeah. yeah. And also too, some of the things might not you might not be able to change immediately as well so if it's something like yeah yeah yeah, if it's something like your job yeah well you're probably not in the position that you can just quit your job and Mm. hope to find something else you're probably going in the position where you're going to have to be like right okay this is not working for me can I either change it you're probably going to give your workplace or your job a bit of an opportunity to see if you can change and if not then go through the process of changing that job Mm -hmm. which can take a long time to like apply for other jobs interview and then you know then get to that place I had the same thing with a client this week who um, had such horrible neighbours because they were, you know, they're in London or in the UK and they've got those joint walls and they've got five kids, they bang all the time. It's ended up a neighbours at war kind of situation. For five years they've dealt with this to the point that they've had to sell their home to then buy a new place so that she can feel genuinely at peace and, and not feel like she's going to be woken up by bangs or screams or yelling at 2am in the morning and yeah she's been in a fear state around sleep and not being able to get enough sleep because people have neighbours and so that's that same thing it's like it's taken her time to really be able to make that change in her life yeah yeah and, and get out of that and same mm-hmm. thing if you have I don't know a sick relative mm-hmm. if you have I mean, I was just looking at some of the questions we got on the question box for the podcast a couple of weeks ago, and one was like, I'm, I'm struggling with lack of sleep with a newborn, yeah. like, it's really affecting my balance. It's like, yeah, it is going to, and unfortunately, in many cases, it's a season of your life, mm. and it, it's not easy to resolve, so it might take a bit longer. So with that indicator, all going well, everything in your control, mm. it can take a couple of months, but mm. sometimes if things aren't in your control, it can take a bit longer to yeah. see that improvement. Um, and there's certainly things that we can do in the meantime, like helping with um, herbs can really help with us manage the current stress we're under. Don't discount the like power of breath work for mm. your switching you from your para to sympathetic nervous system and back and forth. It's yeah, breath plays a huge part in that. So yeah, we can pad the stress. I think yeah. with things like herbs, breath work, mindfulness. Um, but yeah, it, taking away the stresses um, can are be sometimes necessary. necessary. Yeah. yeah, sometimes necessary, especially if there's like if they are able to be changed. If that's really like 
I talked about um, the the big domino, right? Like if you line up a whole bunch of dominoes, and if you hit the the first one correctly, it'll knock everything else down. And that's sometimes what we there is one big domino that if you can just Absolutely. remove that, then it will. But often, often it's not. Often it's like a, like people. I say, you know, you're exhibiting these high stressful ones. What's happening? And sometimes it's not one thing that they no. can pinpoint. It's just like maybe, um, maybe that's also part of like them being a perfectionist and we actually need to work on that gradually and getting them to more of like an 80 20 mindset around Mm. and actually things like changing lifestyles really stressful for them because they think they need to be doing it a hundred percent of the time and that mindset change can take many weeks or months as well yeah because those are like neural pathways that have been laid down for years like that is how your brain operates and functions so rewiring it can take some time completely absolutely so those are probably the next the next changes that we see. But again, we're looking for things like um, improvements in how you're sleeping, how long it takes you to get to sleep, whether you can stay asleep at night, whether you're recovering from exercise, and whether you're waking up feeling refreshed, your mm. your energy levels. And so that's more around probably the two-month mark that we'd mm. start to see those changes. Yeah, coming to like the next driver, your thyroid, that really can come down to if you're like exhibiting symptoms of that really just getting the blood test working with an endocrinologist or even just your your doctor um depending on where you live uh to get you you know the right dosage medication and then you know within it takes a few weeks to see that medication kick in but we can start to see thyroid markers come down pretty quickly within you know like within eight to ten weeks would see most thyroid um mark is pretty well resolved yeah yeah so those that's that and then in terms of inflammation those those indicators we're looking for there um maybe it's things like joint pain swelling um like water retention again those depending on what's driving that but often it is one of the other drivers like Mm. insulin resistance and or stress hormones and so again maybe that's a little bit longer term sort of like three months or so before we'll start to see that um those indicators calming down but they again can tell us a lot about whether we're on the right track with what you're doing which is the main thing is like getting some sort of like signal or getting that reward system in your brain fired up to know and motivate you that like you are on the right path and that we want to keep making the changes and that there's going to be benefit in in sticking with you know making these changes 80 20 yeah yeah and so that's why because some of these things can you might not see changes for a few months this is why we really focus on not like necessarily what your body is exhibiting but what you are doing to help keep that motivation because this is what you have control over we don't have control over how our body responds all we can do is control kind of the inputs of what we're doing and then and then notice what the indicators yeah, yeah what the indicators are and that's why we um, have a psychologist, Sophia, who is our resident psychologist, who's helped us develop all of our modules in OV to help you really focus on those habit changes and making what she calls towards moves towards that outcome that you want and really focus on focusing on those towards moves that you're making rather than on the thing that you don't have control over, which is what your body, how your body responds. Yeah, so you can think of every input into these changes as a towards move yeah yeah and that even when things don't go perfectly you'll probably have still made you know for every maybe one step backwards you've probably still made two or three towards moves as well so it's trying to get you away from also feeling like you either have to be on the wagon or off the wagon which is the really common term we all use or they have to be doing things perfectly or nothing at all or I have to wait until oh it's my birthday in two weeks time so I'm going to wait before I start to make these changes until after my birthday it's like no you don't have to do that you can start making these towards moves which are going to help to resolve those indicators Mm. actually the quicker you get started the quicker you're going to see those improvements whether you can do that 80% 80% or whether you can even do that 50%, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's not about seeing it as black and white. I'm on or I'm off. Um, I am just constantly climbing up that hill, you know, like, and even if I only move 
a meter today that's still a meter closer towards the top yeah so in terms of then though like well when am I going to see symptom improvement like when Mm. am I going to see improvements in my acne or hair growth or getting pregnant or my periods this is um this is we can kind of talk about when you're likely to going to see those so the different symptoms have we th- when we think about PCOS, we also think about it as being a bit of a like continuum as well. Like mm. some symptoms are a bit more severe or take a little bit longer than others. Or some, depending on your driver, sometimes, especially when it's things like insulin resistance, sometimes you're a bit further along the continuum of insulin resistance and it might take you a little bit longer to work back towards optimal insulin. Or a, Where you'll see more symptom yeah. approval. Yeah. So I think there's two parts to it. One depends on kind of how far you're along in that continuum in your drivers, and one part is just that that symptom and how long it tends to take to see resolution. Yeah, and I think probably there's a third layer on there as well if there's anything else contributing to that. Mm. So I think particularly in the case of like a missing cycle, there might be an added layer of hypothalamic amenorrhea, which might be, you know, potentially there's some not enough energy being consumed or too much energy or stress being output that's also layered on top of your insulin driver so you know there's a few there could be could be layers there that we might need to unpick specifically so that might mean it takes a little bit longer than this kind of recommended well not recommended approximation time that we tend to see for a symptom yeah Yeah. so in terms of like the different symptoms and how quickly they can resolve so in the we'll start with the shortest thing so some people um periods can be one of the first things to resolve and again this really depends on what's driving that so Mm -hmm. again if like insulin's driving it and you're you're only slightly insulin resistant then just a few tweaks can be enough to allow your body to ovulate whereas if you're further along the insulin resistance spectrum continuum then it can take a little bit longer but so some people could be literally as short as a month others could be three months or six months to see that I think also have a think about what does your cycle look like now and how far away from optimal is it so if your cycle is only 40 to 50 days it might be quite it might not take long to get you um ovulating more like 30 30 every 30 days um so kind of think about like that whereas if you haven't seen a bleed for a couple of years or you're not responding to Provera very well um which is uh, something a progestin that you might take to try and make a withdrawal bleed, stimulate a bleed. If you're not responding to those things, then there might need to be a bit more work put in to really get you ovulating. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and so, if you if you if your periods are currently like forty or fifty days long, then it might only take two or three months to get that back down to a thirty day cycle. Whereas if you haven't had a period for two years, then it's probably going to take. Um, more than six months to get that down to a 30-day cycle. So what you might see first is you might see your period return, you get mm. a period, but then you might not get another one for another 90 days. Mm. And then another, then the next one's like a 60-day cycle mm. and then a 50-day and then a 40-day and then a 30-day. So that might actually take, you know, nine months mm. to get back to more of a 30-day cycle. So it doesn't, it's not just like, oh, I get my period and then suddenly I get one every 30 days. Yeah. It's often that it's Quite kind gradual. of yeah, yeah. gradual improvement. Yeah. So that is, and that's why for someone who's trying to conceive, we also say, right, well, you might, that might be too long for you to wait. And mm. so therefore here are the other options. And there are lots of other options that you could use to help while you're also working on your drivers. Yeah. Yeah. Because working on your drivers is still going to be, whilst we can utilize some of these medications to help with say ovulation stimulation and things working on your drivers is also going to be really important for a healthy pregnancy and things yeah. like that too yeah. yeah so the next probably symptom that we see improvement in could be weight so with weight again this can be a bit different for different people so we mm-hmm. tend to see for people that have have never been dieting or haven't been dieting recently then that weight might come off quicker whereas those that have been strictly dieting for a long period of time that might take a bit longer and the reason for that is that if you've been dieting for a long period of time your metabolism is suppressed so it will take a bit more time to actually get the energy part and your metabolism part sorted and that can mean actually increasing what you're eating for a period of time before we then can actually um, change what you're eating to reduce weight yeah so for some people and this is where you'll hear 
what we're going to go into soon is you hearing real life people. So we're going to take a few snippets from previous podcasts that we've done of real life people talking about their symptoms and how long it took to improve. And you'll see some differences there. So we see that some people, they started losing weight after eight weeks. Some people, it took them more like six months or even a year before they were ready to lose weight. And that's also different personal preferences as well. Some people are just not in the mind frame to really focus on weight loss. Um at that time and yeah. so it, they can but they're really enjoying the other things they're seeing like that they're not craving sugar and carbs all the time and they're not hangry all the time so they're More actually energy. Yeah. yeah completely and I think as well what we're talking about in terms of being in a headspace to lose weight too some people might naturally see some weight change yeah. um with just the changes around what we suggest to eat or sleep and all of those movement and things like that depending on yeah where you started from whereas if um no weight change is seen kind of with these initial changes then we might look to do a weight loss phase with you and support you through that and really i i think it's the most supportive and the most sustainable way to lose weight Yeah. yeah absolutely and that's got the reason for that is going back to that metabolism thing yeah um and if you're not seeing immediate like weight loss from just making those changes, it's generally because you've been dieting or restricting what you've been eating at that point and your metabolism is a bit suppressed. So this is... Yeah, yeah we can work with take, you yeah. to, to get your metabolism up so that we can make that weight loss phase more achievable and easier for yeah. you. Yeah. So that's the second... Weight can be the second thing that you see, but it also can take a little bit longer. The next one would be acne. So I generally see improvements within about two months mm-hmm. with acne um, if we're on the right path there. Um, but again, sometimes it can be that there's something else that's causing that acne. Yeah, there might be a bit more inflammation that's driving it. There might be a food intolerance that could be... Um, you could be more sensitive um, in terms of that too. So yeah, yeah. there's a few different pieces. Yeah. Um, fatigue would be another one that I generally see within about the same time frame, about two months. So, and for some people it can be as short as a month. Um, really just changing what they're eating, especially if their insulin's, um, if they've got some insulin resistance, that can be enough to really resolve fatigue Mm. within a month. For others, it's, if they're, especially if their stress hormones is part of that, it can take two months and it can take longer, right? Mm. Especially as we talked about before, stress hormones can be a lot harder to change because Mm. it's like could be a fundamental thing to your personality in terms of being a perfectionist Mm. or it could be something related to a you know like your job or your family that's not so easy to change and so therefore it can take a little bit longer but um but yeah it can be definitely within you know within a month two months three months Mm -hmm. um in terms of like the the harder ones so fertility tends to be more like three months and that's and again this can all depend on period as well yeah Yeah. what i what i term in my book your fertile ingredients Mm. so in order to get pregnant we have to be ovulating right so we have to be producing an egg and that egg has to be meeting the sperm so we've got to have the right timings we've got to have sex at the right time in our cycle in order for sperm to meet egg and then we have to have the nest to hold that fertilized egg in place in order to send the signal to our brain to say hey we're pregnant don't shed our light lining don't get a period so we've got to have all three of those things sorted so again someone that comes in that's already um already ovulating and has got a good nest a good luteal phase it's just maybe that their timing is not quite right because they've used, been using ovulation predictor kits, tests, and they have been, they're wildly inaccurate for PCOS. Shooting in the dark. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and so they just haven't been timing correctly. It might only take them one or two months mm-hmm. of like timing correctly to, in order to conceive. Yeah. And whereas someone who hasn't had a period for two years, they've got to actually get back to ovulating then we've got to have the right timing then we've got to make sure that the luteal phase is sufficient it might take them more like six nine or twelve months in order to conceive so um it can be really quick and you'll hear different examples of this where it's like oh wow i I made these changes then the next month i got my period and then then two months later i was pregnant Mm. that's very very common but also so is i made the changes i i got a period back after many years it then took me another six months to get a regular period and then I got pregnant yeah yeah there's yeah a full spectrum we do see people in the middle of their program you know getting pregnant and um and that kind of comes down to 
most of those fertile ingredients were were intact and it was more there were just a few small tweaks that needed to be done yeah or they were further along the insulin you know further towards the more optimal end of insulin and it was just a couple of tweaks and then suddenly their periods came back like that That, and they were able to get pregnant and so different things here the other part is that so when we I talk about in my book that if you've had even if you get everything right still mm-hmm. though you only have about a 10 to 20% chance of conceiving in that cycle and that chance depends on your age so if you're in your earlier 20s you probably have more like a 20 25% chance of conceiving on that cycle if you're in your 30s it might be more of a 10% chance so even if everything's perfect depending on your age as well it can just take a little few more cycles to get that probability up and therefore yeah and I think as well it's like that comes down to even if you've timed everything right your partner's sperm's optimal everything was optimal with your ovulation and things like that there can still be other factors at play including like genetic components and chromosomal components and things like that which you have no control Control. over so even the two two completely fertile no condition around their fertility or reproductive health can still have not conceive on every cycle that they try and time perfectly yeah Yeah, absolutely and so this is why it also can take a bit longer so in my book I say get at least six cycles in before you look further six cycles of timing everything perfectly yeah yeah timing everything perfectly know you've got a good luteal phase and then if then that hasn't worked then it's kind of like okay what else could be going on here because there could be like an autoimmune fertility factor there could be an egg quality issue there could be a sperm quality issue although I don't I don't agree with waiting until six cycles to get a sperm test I go get your sperm test done up straight away because then maybe your partner can go through the lifestyle changes as well yeah totally so that's the fertility then the next symptom um would probably be Hirsutism? Mm, yeah, I thought you were going to say that. Yeah, hirsutism, yeah, I would say. Um, again, probably more like the six-month mark before we would start to see changes there. And what we'd see is not just like all of your facial. So hirsutism is facial and body hair. So it's not just like suddenly that hair falls out. Mm. What happens in hirsutism is that we all have fine hairs, that peach fuzz or the villus hair, that when it's exposed to testosterone, it can turn into what's called a terminal hair or those, you know, those long dark years and once that switch has been flicked that switch can't be unflicked Mm. so nothing that you do in terms of lifestyle change or medication is going to unflick that switch and make that turn back into a a fine hair you have to kill that hair that's there remove it yeah Yeah, remove it yeah and so the only way we can do that is through electrolysis or laser hair removal so but what can happen is that you can kill that but then if your body's still got heaps of testosterone that can still turn the next hair that's right next door to it Mm. into a terminal hair so what we would generally see is that we recommend people don't invest in laser hair removal until at least they've started with these lifestyle changes for a few months to give their body time to actually start to decrease that testosterone and then invest in that um, if if I mean if money's no object then absolutely do it immediately. Mm. But if it is, then save your money and do it a little bit later. Mm. Kill what's there, and then what we're looking for is we're looking for probably the slowing of growth is probably the first symptom we see. So that yes, you do get some new growth, mm. but it's much slower. So and this is also we see this with people shaving. So they might or waxing, they might notice they remove that there. That while that's not killing that hair, that's there what comes back maybe is slower growth or is maybe um, if they've done laser hair removal or electrolysis is less thick so they have like a reduction in hair growth there and then that gets better and better over time so we might start to see the first changes within six months but they're and they're probably to give you some idea they probably may not be a complete elimination Mm. so you might still have some hair and this is I think this is also really important to know that even people without PCOS still totally. have some yeah, terminal hairs. Terminal hairs. Yeah. Like Something really like common. And I think you only have to like watch movies to see, you know, like people talking about having to tweeze the rogue chin hairs or yeah. upper lip hairs or yeah. like sideburns. Yeah, out of the mole, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. To know that that's super common to mm-hmm. have have a few a few terminal hairs. Mm. It's when it's like thicker that it is um, can become like Hirsutism. Yeah. 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 So that's why we're looking for not necessarily a complete elimination, mm. but a, real a significant reduction. reduction. Yeah. I agree. 
Um, and then finally, I would say the last one to see an improvement in is hair growth on your head. And I know this can be so demoralizing to hear this, but this is because our hair literally has to follow a pattern or a cycle of regrowth. So our, our hair, um, our hair is, it grows in cycles. So you have like a growth cycle and then it will be like a dormant cycle or it kind of just like a, it'll just stay where it is. It's not growing, but it's also not falling out. And then it will go through a shedding phase. So depending on where your hair follicle is in that cycle, it may not, so if it's not in a growth phase, and it probably isn't going to grow back immediately. Um, and, and also too, the other part of that is because of the damage that testosterone does to that hair follicle in terms of shrinking it. So what we might see is we may not see a, well, we definitely, I would say, you will not, it's probably not a good idea to expect that your hair is going to completely come back to the way it was before because the androgen, androgenic alopecia is quite harsh on that hair follicle in terms of really shrinking that and killing that hair follicle. And so I don't think it's good to expect that it's going to become come back to the, exactly the way it was pre-androgenic um, alopecia, but they should be expecting some regrowth. Yeah, and I think as well, like depending on like you said depending on where you're at it might be that you actually first off see just a slowing of shedding yeah and then before you actually see regrowth so i think if you're pulling out less here that's a positive sign mm-hmm. but that that's not to say that we've we've seen growth again yeah so it's again similar to hirsutism where it's just a slowing of and hirsutism it's a slowing of growth and in in hair loss it's a slowing of the loss of hair yeah, yeah. so we definitely want to like arrest that thinning that's like the first goal is stop more loss mm. and then work on that regrowth regrowth part yeah um and and it is really that's why we try and catch the hair loss as quickly as possible because just because we know how hard it is to regrow that once that follicle has been damaged yeah. but it's not to say that that like hope is lost absolutely not it's just that it can take a lot longer and we just want you that. to yeah set you up with like really realistic expectations around yeah. that symptom yeah but the other thing i think that can take a little bit longer is actually to identify the the cause of the hair loss because that's mm. probably also what we see often is that <clears throat> you've got pcos and you're getting hair thinning or you've noticed that your ponytail is less thick or that you're having more hair fall out in your hairbrush but there can be many causes for that. So lack of iron is really, really mm-hmm. common cause of hair loss. Lack of nutrients in general. Yeah, general. Like lack of lack of energy. Like yep. um, not enough yeah, food. Not enough food. For what that's you're demanding. It's a massive one. Yeah. <laughs> and then thyroid is another piece. Safe for the same reason. That slowing of metabolism. Um, your body just begins to shut down uh, unnecessary processes and hair growth being one of them. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So it's kind of like figuring out first what's causing it and then putting the right treatment plan in place and that's why in the OB module about hair loss we'll ask you to really look at where the mm. hair is is it just are you just seeing loss in your brush and and often too some people you know they see more in their hair brush and they think that they're losing hair but actually it's just because more of their hair is in that shedding phase mm. and it's actually completely normal for their hair mm. um, or more or maybe because it's postpartum and again it's completely normal because you haven't lost much during the whole of your pregnancy because mm. of your hormones and now suddenly you're losing it postpartum mm. again which is completely normal or because you've now lost so much iron because of pregnancy that needs to be replaced in order to to order, order to improve hair loss so it's not um it's not always just PCOS that's causing that yeah and it's not always hair loss when you're seeing more in your hairbrush or more falling out it can be just that you're in more of a shedding phase yeah so I think start to assess where you're seeing the loss is it global over your full scalp or is it in those real androgenic alopecia areas so the part line the um crown of your head and then your hairline yeah yeah so is like your hairline kind of receding so I think about it more where like males would lose hair like mm. that's kind of the androgenic alopecia whereas if it's more you you can't see any like particular areas thinning it's just you just feel like there's more falling like your ponytail is smaller then that would be more global yeah global hair yes. so yeah so now um now we're going to get you to hear from real people about their changes so I I mean I'll start first mine was 
um, I definitely saw improvements in my sugar cravings, uh, hunger and energy within two months. I probably didn't see any weight change for, well, actually different for me because I didn't really know what I was doing here. And so it was mm. probably not many years when I figured out the metabolism part, then that was then that was within a few months I saw that change and mm-hmm. that was relatively easy. Um, and periods was within, even though I hadn't had a period for three years, it was again, came back within probably three months, but then wasn't completely regular. So it was like more the 90 days, 60 days, 30 days, I think. It's actually really hard to remember. It was quite a few years ago now. I think as well, everyone remember, Claire's like the test dummy for all of uh, OV and previously the protocol and things like that. So whilst you didn't have the roadmap that we can offer now, it was very much trial and error. So whilst some of the changes that you would have made, especially around like food probably was... um, yeah similar and you might see the changes it's probably a little bit different in terms of yeah the roadmap totally and also too like it took me a lot longer the food changes were easy the same as you the giving up a lot of the exercise was much harder took Mm. much longer I really held on to that because I was so scared about the ramification of Mm. of like not exercising as much as I was so I think that that took me a lot longer also took me a lot longer to like consider that sleep was important Mm -hmm. and also probably a lot longer to consider that supplements were important because of my training as a nutritionist um in our degree it was very much like people unless there are really specific circumstances supplements aren't necessary or you should be able to get everything from your diet yeah yeah was it and and i we've talked about this to how we now really no longer see that yeah um so this is um a really yeah, that was probably the the timeline for me, but was a bit different because I didn't have that roadmap. Mm. And so now we'll go on to some other people that we've interviewed and they can give you the good oil on how long it took them to see improvements in their symptoms. Do you need the, okay, give me the techniques and like help me figure out why this hasn't worked in the past and what's going to work for me. But then I can then control those um the habit changes or the actual actions that I take in order mm-hmm. to get there. Yeah. Um, and I think that's that's probably why we talked about it a lot because I was yeah. like, if we're really focused on like weight being the only marker of success, that might not happen for many weeks and you could give up. Yeah, it's such a slow on. marker and it's it, like, it's hard to see it. You really have to t- look back or, you know, step back and see a weight. You know, you can see it from distance looking over like, a span over a longer amount of time but if you're going week to week you know weight loss is healthy weight loss is supposed to be slow Mm. and so if you're using that as your marker it might not be even any at the start right no see and I don't like I think if I was listening to this podcast I'd be like oh my god because I I didn't lose weight for a year I think it was about a year that we worked together before I even looked at trying to lose weight because I wasn't ready to. And I, I, I don't like saying that on the podcast because I think if I was listening to it, I'd be like, ah, oh, like, no, <laughs> I don't want to, like, I don't want to wait a year before I can start that journey. But it's funny now because, like, I spent, well, I got, I got diagnosed with PCS when I was 19 and I'm 30 now. So I spent like eight years trying to lose weight. What's a year in comparison, you know? Yeah, I lost. 20 kgs in like six weeks or whatever and then I put it back like you think it's quick but it's actually way slower because it doesn't work yeah yeah you're, you're actually worse off whereas if we if we think about this in terms of okay what like what is that person I want to be in a year or two's time and start to work towards that then because I mean you have lost an incredible amount of weight and, and improved other symptoms along the way and kind of changed a huge amount but and so now for you, it's easy to look back and go, oh, I can easily see that journey and how like actually linear it kind of was. Yes. But in the moment, it doesn't feel like it. Like it seems silly now and, it, you know, it's sad, but I just was really, I found that really hard standing there like quite overweight, being like, no, this is working for me, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. And now, but I think you just have to stick it out. And I, I thought that at the time, like, yeah, they'll see in time that it works and now they do Mm. because it has worked like you know I look look a lot lot different to what I look like then um it just took time to prove to people yeah but mostly it's not generally just you know just about what what 
things look like but you've mm. seen the other thing you know your periods are now completely regular yeah I'm not just like, talking about my way I'm yeah, talking about all the things like, that they don't see yeah like even my like just the way I talk to people like I'm clearly happier mm-hmm. you know and I was and I was before I lost the weight because I wasn't like I, my brain worked properly yeah. for starters <laughs> like which yeah. is such a huge thing yeah like, we laugh about it but man it is like it has an impact on everything yeah. in your life yeah like that, that brain fog um and as you said your confidence I think that was probably the hardest symptom for me which was which is funny now because I didn't even realize it was one yeah at the time yeah for you weird like what was your acne like was it quite cystic was it um under the skin quite painful or was it more superficial um it was around the jawline and on my cheeks and yeah it was big cystic painful spots like the size of smarties Mm. (laughs) you might not know what a smarty is (laughs) not being from the UK but um yeah like big and if I got one then that would be it for six weeks that would be there um and now um those are gone um, and if I do get a spot, it's either around ovulation time or around my period, and it's more closer to the surface, and it will be gone in five days. So mm. it's a crazy change. I don't expect to never have a spot again because I think that's unrealistic. Mm. <laughs> but my skin's improved a lot. What did you find out about your body that was really driving that acne and the irregular cycles? Yeah, I think it was definitely um, insulin and stress. Mm. But I think also the PCOS sort of drove my anxiety because that's improved a um, like crazy amount since I've done this as well. So I think I was in a bit of a vicious circle of that making it worse. And since I've helped out my insulin, everything's just improved. <laughs> mm. And that's and that, and it's, it's so often the case, right? Sometimes, definitely when it comes to mental health, it can be multifactorial, but mm. there's... Um, what I find disappointing in the in the chat about mental health is that there's a lot of there's a lot of focus on talk, talk therapies and things like that, which are really helpful and really great. And there's a lot of focus on medication, but there's not a, fo- a lot of focus on what's actually driving that and fixing the problem as well as well as. And oftentimes it needs to be a combination approach, definitely. But what I'm seeing is that people get put on medication and they go and see a therapist, but no one's really looking at well. Is there something actually physiological driving this um, this process as well? And so for you, you know, you've obviously seen that when actually your body starts working better, suddenly mental health starts to improve dramatically too. Yeah, this is the first time I've been off, like the longest time I've been off anxiety medication. And I've been on anxiety medication for insomnia as well. Like it, it was all linked and I didn't really know. Mm. <laughs> and um, I don't know if you remember at the beginning of the protocol, I typed into on the, on the, in the group chat, like is it normal to cry every single day (laughs) everything was making me cry like every soppy song adverts just I felt like my emotions were really really close to surface Mm. and hard to control and now I do sometimes feel like that if like I do something that's gonna make my blood sugar go up and then it will have a drop then that drop will cause that feeling again so just focus on our little you know list of things that we're doing and just just stick with it like you know if if after a a while you know we can bring these other things in if we need to but yeah I was always wanting to do all the things and you're like no 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 no. just (laughs) you don't need to be doing more you just need to be consistent (laughs) yeah and 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 it worked right I think that's the that's the good thing and probably the challenge for you was that because you weren't working during that time you had more time to kind of research this and possibly if you were doing it on your own you may have ended up doing all of those things and overwhelming yourself yeah which is a natural thing especially when it's you know it did take a few months to get those cycles back and it did you did have to be super patient and I really felt for you because yeah. I, I know it was so frustrating because <laughs> every yeah. month that goes on that you're not able to try to conceive is so hard, mm. but doing all the things doesn't necessarily like make it better. Doing more is not better. And I think that's the really hard thing sometimes yeah. for us females. And especially when, you know, I, I said to you before about perfectionist tendencies. I think that's probably one area where it can be really hard, because, but it doesn't necessarily mean that that's more effective. No, and the key, 
for me was actually patience and giving myself and my body grace like realizing that it didn't you know you didn't get here overnight so why are you expecting this all to be miraculously fixed (laughs) in just a few short weeks you know like it's been a lifetime or you know 10 years in a career um you know making certain choices and things that has led me here so (laughs) it's gonna take a hot minute yeah and amazing that you did you know stick it out and we we did talk about this a lot on our weekly calls where Mm. uh, you know I was like I'm so sorry we can't you know there's there's nothing more that we can do but I just I really think that your body is showing signs that we're showing all the other signs that things were Mm. working and I mean yeah amazing that it was sort of you know nine months later and and now your body is really showing signs that it was doing everything that you that it needed to to get pregnant and and then yeah. and then it did which was great and now amazing that you're having a really happy healthy pregnancy which is also fantastic been three months got like four months now and um I have been really I, I've had some disordered eating in the past and a tumultuous relationship with my body and so for me I didn't have scales in the first place clear says to throw out the scales but I didn't have any so that wasn't a problem but for me I knew that one of my main symptoms was weight gain and I knew that if I was um if my body was starting to respond to the changes I was making I wanted to be able to see that tangibly with some sort of number or progress pack or whatever that looked like so at the beginning of the protocol I took my waist and my hip measurements which is where I store most of my fat Um, and then at the end of the protocol I was down five and a half inches on my waist and six inches off my hips which was crazy because I tried really hard to not measure myself consistently through the protocol and just sort of what will be will be you know and Mm. then my acne was something that I saw shift very quickly and that was pretty amazing and it didn't all go away at once but it definitely stopped looking very aggravated and red and um cystic those cystic nodules sort of started to disappear and now I only get spots around like I've just had my period which came back hurrah and so I I just got some spots from my period that came but most of it is just completely gone now which is amazing and I'll only have a flare-up if I eat too much cheese because for me that is that causes some inflammation with me soft cheeses and so I know what causes that now and um yeah I have a before and after of my acne I took that when I started the protocol as well and the difference is night and day um Mm. and yeah and I think the last one that is really noticeable for me not as physical but I suppose it is because it's sleep related is I don't take my 3 p.m naps anymore Mm. so that's also been a big plus especially for productivity with work I've not had to um, you know stop what I'm doing for the day. Now stand by for our disclaimer. The information contained in this podcast has been prepared for the purpose of providing information including about the PCOS nutritionist products and services and is designed to support clients overall wellness. It is not intended to provide medical advice or designed to rectify, treat or or cure any specific medical conditions or diseases. Nothing stated or shared in our podcast is intended to be and must not be taken to be medical advice. Please seek the advice of professionals as appropriate regarding the evaluation of any specific information, opinion, advice or content contained in our podcast.